it sure seems like Mike Riley, you know, is going to stay in the CFL. The question is where? And that could be the biggest free agent offseason signing, dare I say, in years. Well, here we go. Holiday season officially upon us. Uh, it's not the holiday edition of the Waggle, but, you know, we are uh, kind of in a uh, celebratory mood because we're, like, festive like that. James Sabolski, Davis Sanchez. Uh, Davis, thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away from where I'm hanging out in a much more glamorous spot. Can we share with our listeners where you're hanging this week recording this? Oh, we are in the, the, lovely, uh, the lovely country of the Bahamas here. It's... Uh... Sun and fun with the family. It's uh, yeah, buddy. We're uh, enjoying some uh, some relaxed time. So, do you like hunker down? You got your laptop with you, and and off you go. You know what? I actually I've been I made it I made it a point every day when we uh, get out of the room in the resort here and head down to the uh, the pool of the beach that I don't bring any electronics. So I've been trying to leave my phone in the room in the safe and leave my my computer in the safe and and then just bring my book books down there and try to read and relax and and unplug so i'm uh yeah that's we all need that at at times so i've been trying to make a conscious effort just bring a book down and play with my daughter in the pool or in the ocean and hang out with my wife and and leave the electronics so i'm i'm a little bit unplugged from uh from cfl but man, managed to uh managed to find out about a uh about a mop uh, QB with uh, aspirations of uh, of the National Football League that I talked about last week, and uh, yeah, well, we about that hold this hold your horses for a second because that's you had dropped one he double hockey sticks of a tease to promote this week, last week, and you know how many people over the last seven days, hey. Where, where, where's Bo going? Where's, what's Bo doing? What's Bo? What's happening with Bo? Where's he going? Where's he going? Yeah, I've been said, hearing it too. He's not, he's not even telling it me. So, what <laughs> yeah. do you got? Yeah, well, Bo's Bo is uh, on Wednesday. Bo's going to work out uh, for the Vikings in Minnesota. Uh, they uh, they're pretty fond of, of what they've seen from from Bo Levi Mitchell. So that's his first opportunity. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna have a handful of other workouts just as. As a lot of uh, of the CFL offseason free agents got, guys will have opportunities, uh, but uh, he is the biggest name, and uh, everybody wants to know what's happened with the bow. And like I said, uh, you know, from from the playoffs, we've been talking about it. C Ball is uh, he's going to the National Football League, no doubts about it. Anybody who anybody who is still holding on to hope that Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be back with the Stamps come the beginning of the season. It's not happening at all. I don't care if he gets a paper towel, uh, a paper a paper towel with a, a promissory uh, note on it from a team. He's taking that promissory note and paper towel with no signing bonus, and he's putting it in his in his jeans or in, underneath his cowboy hat, and he's going to training <laughs> camp. He's never been the guy has never been to a camp before. He's never played in the NFL. This is his shot. I don't care. I don't want to hear any more about. A guarantee, or he wants a nice size bonus, or he wants a an opportunity to play, or a team to win. I don't. I, you might say all that, but he's going wherever he gets a chance. I believe he'll still get a good uh, opportunity. He deserves it. I, I'm sure a team will will pay him and give you know give him some sort of stability or some sort of you know investment. But if he doesn't get those things, he's still going. So 
by Felicia, definitely Bo is going to take a shot. So, okay, he's he's going to work out with the Minnesota Vikings, and I look at what uh, what the situation is there from a quarterbacking standpoint. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of guaranteed money paid out to the guy who's there uh, right now in Kirk Cousins. So yeah, so he'll be competing um, with Kirk Cousins for that first for that for the number one job in training <laughs> camp next year. Obviously, it'll be Bo. Obviously. It'll be Bo and Kirk going head to head for that number one job in, in training but, camp. Open open could, competition. Yes, obviously, but 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 conversely, and I, but I but but let me let me let me change this for a second and, and say in all seriousness, like I don't see Bo Levi going to Minnesota to have a chance of starting. Um, the, the dollars, the economics would just say otherwise. But on the flip side of that, is there a market or is there a team out there that he could go to and suggest to say? Hey, you know what? I am going to at least go in there. And look, I think the reality is Bo Levi will back up if he ultimately lands in the National Football League and make really good money if he winds up being a backup quarterback in the NFL. Because just just ask just ask the guy who led the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Nick Foles, last year, how well that worked out for him financially as a guy who's holding a clipboard this year. But is there a team that you could see him maybe landing in uh, where he would actually have a chance to, you know, stroke that ego and legitimately feel like he has a chance? Like maybe there's a situation with an unproven quarterback, a rookie quarterback. Jacksonville. Um, the, Jacksonville. Is Jacksonville. The one that yeah, that's the out. one I think of. Yeah, that's one that stands out. But I mean, there's the thing with Scott Milanovic was there too, right? I mean, he's the OC the right now. Yeah. So you have that connection. The terminology. A lot of the terminology. They will be able to. They'll have, you know, some of the same terminology that they could, you could try to. Uh, it would help ex- help explain to Bo some of the stuff because you know, in, in terms that Bo might understand, which would probably help in expediting the process of learning the offense. But you know what, see, Bo, here's how I I look at it. for a guy coming in, a free agent guy coming into the NFL uh, from the CFL. I, I look at it like this: there's no zero, there's zero place he's going to go to where they're going to come in and he's going to have a legit shot at the starting job from jump. But that doesn't mean he, he couldn't somehow, you know, by midseason or even by opening day, but from an injury, uh, could be the starter. It could happen. But you're going in looking for an opportunity to compete for number two or more likely three. Now, once you get three, that's when you can get in there and work your magic and earn – your opportunity to compete to compete for playing time with that number one job, but you're not coming in anywhere in the NFL with the opportunity to compete for that number one job, and probably likely not a chance for number two, to be honest, in, mo- in most places. But uh, you know, it's, it's it looks like it'll be a number three job, but you have once you get there, then it's all bets are off, and you have you know you can ultimately find your way to to the starting pivot if if you do the right things. Yeah, and and that's I think that makes the most sense and the most logic in terms of I, Doug Flutie had happened for him when he when he ultimately went back to the National Football League. You know Jeff Garcia and um, you know I don't think there's any shame in terms of where he's going. I mean I, I'm sure the dollar signs would still make uh, a lot of sense for him if he can ultimately find the situation that works best for him. And and here we go. But that I DJ Quick song. Which which one? If it don't there's a, there's a really dollars, vulgar one. There's a really vulgar one I'm thinking of, but I'm no, probably it's probably not, not the one. one. If no. it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Yeah, that's not the one I was thinking about. No, the other one you're thinking about, James, <laughs> is not not appropriate and uh, 
Goodness gracious. See, boy, I always talk you're... about it because I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Inside Jokes on the Waggle, Inside episode joke, 500. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I feel like there's there's somebody listening uh, that would probably understand that reference. So. 100% uh, somebody would. Yes. <laughs> message, us, message us if you, if you do. <laughs> Shout out to old school hip hop. Uh, okay. So, so what a crazy week. Uh, it appears to be uh, the dominoes falling rather quickly here. Uh, when it comes to coaching. And uh, before we get into that, we should just remind everybody, the Waggle, as always, brought to you by Sport Clips. Uh, remember, uh, the MVP haircut experience is the go-to for Mr. Sanchez to always look good. And this is the time of the season. Look, I know your schedule is stretched. You're trying to cram in those final work days before you get on to holidays. And you got the visits and you want to look good because you got the Christmas parties and the office parties and the holiday gatherings. You want to look your finest. Sometimes you got to get your holiday shopping done. You're running errands. You're working. You got to be here. You got to get the kids to the pool, whatever it may be. You want to be productive. You want to watch the game. Take a moment for yourself. Sport Clips is the place to be. Sports on TV, and we're talking basketball, football, hockey, you name it. We got you covered over at Sport Clips. Find the nearest one closest to you at sportclips.ca. The Hamilton Ticats decide... I'm trying to think of the last time in pro sports something like this has happened to where a head coach gets demoted and the assistant becomes the head man. But June Jones steps aside for Orlando Steinauer, who takes over as head coach. And Double J will move over to the role of associate head coach and offensive coordinator. I don't think we're really surprised in some respects, but the actual move itself is surprising when you think of what's the precedent here, Chez? Well, I don't, I don't think it's, it's uh, June Jones being demoted. Uh, I think it's, it's promoting... It's promoting Orlando Steinauer and June Jones. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's secure enough in himself and, and uh, has enough humility to say, you know what, I like what I'm doing here. I know you have this guy in building, and it, it's reports said that there's a, something in the contract that said if he wasn't, if Orlando wasn't the head coach by 2019, then he was able to, to leave and, and go somewhere else if, if an opportunity um, came about. And so uh, knowing that June at his age is not going to be there for the long haul and him and Jerry still seeming to love what they're doing there. Uh, I think that was June was, I love everything about June Jones and this, this I even love more because uh, and I don't know, I'm not privy to the information of exactly how it all went down, but what it sounded like or what the report said that he went and he went and, and talked to Scott Mitchell and, and said, Hey, uh, let's, let's do it this way and was willing to, give up his head coaching job because he loved what he was doing with the offense and he felt that that was the best move for the organization. They're going to be darn good as a staff. I promise you that. Well, I mean, you look at the experience that, that they had in 2018 and, and a lot of that will probably carry over into 2019. You know, and it's funny, you look at the way that June Jones has evolved and, you know, this version 2.0 of June Jones in the Canadian Football League has turned out to be pretty good and and here we were about a year or so ago kind of chuckling and laughing about, you know, June Jones uh, referencing Johnny Manziel and being maybe the greatest player who'd ever play in the league, uh, which was a pretty bold statement. And I, I guess what we might call in 2018 a hot take, if you will. You know what? That, that quote, that comment has gone away. 
And June Jones established himself as a pretty good mind here currently in the CFL. When we talk about innovation and creativity and making things happen, uh, you know, in terms of all this this dynamic and, and the change to offensive, you know, minds and the way the game has gone in these last few years, Chez, you know, June Jones is 65. And, you know, come opening day next year, he'll be 66 years of age. But this is a guy who turned Jeremiah Masoli into an MOP candidate this year. Uh, deal, you know, with Jeremiah Masoli, who was looked at in this league as nothing more than a backup quarterback for the most part in his career. And the last year, uh, he had a dynamite season and a lot of that under Jones' guidance. So, you know what? He has certainly done a nice job. And I am so happy for a guy like Orlando Steinauer to get this head job in Hamilton. I'm not surprised. I think we felt like this was probably going to happen as soon as he kind of was lured back here in the first place last offseason. But Chez, a guy who was really liked in the room as a player, a guy who's really well-respected, had immediate success when he went off to the NCAA a, a year ago um, and was lured back to come up here from a family standpoint, an opportunity, and he's a head guy. He's good for the league. He's a great personality, and I feel like he is a guy who can still relate to the young players and the current players of today. This checks the boxes on so many levels, and you think of everything that Hamilton's gone through in the last couple of years, I feel like they got this one right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Not, not much more to add there. It's uh, always uh, has the respect of everyone. He has that. He checks all the boxes, Seba, like you said. It's uh, respect. He gets the young guys understand him. He's uh, he's young. He's uh, He was a great player. It's uh, I'm with you, buddy. Great move by the Tigers. Youngish. Congratulations. Youngish. Yeah, well, young, know, youngish. Head, he's, head, he's out. For a head yeah. coach in the league, he's young. <laughs> And, uh, yes. you know, so for the Ticats, definitely got it right. And congrats to Owen. I think they're in a great, great, uh, they're in a great situation there. And to have June and Jerry Glanville, um, you know, respectively just focus on, you know, their, their side of the football and then have O as the head coach. That's, like I said earlier, that is, uh, that's going to be a really well coached football team. And, uh, I mean, just to, that take that to so take that off your plate as the OC, be able to just look at football, and not worry about all the rest of the stuff that you have to do as a head coach. That's uh, defensive coordinator is going to have a lot on their plate when they play the Ticats this year. Yeah, no question about it. And and this was a team that, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and they won a playoff game. You know, they were down to the final four. Let's see where they go. Uh, you know, in in 2019, certainly a team to watch there with uh, Orlando now in charge. In Steeltown. Now, conversely, just down the QEW in Ontario, you've got the Argos. Um, they still need to make it official, but the other night, they're going through their interview process. And as we record this over the last, what, 18 hours since, you know, as we record this, uh, there's Jim Pop seen at a Raptors basketball game, uh, hanging out with his former DC, who he won a great cup with in 2017, Corey Chamberlain. And now here we are as we get set to record this. There's Paul LaPolice, who's now saying at the same time, well, I'm just, I've told the Argos I'm no longer interested in being a coach. So I don't know if that's a, a preemptive it, strike before it. <laughs> why is it? Oh, because he, he, he hears that, uh, that Chamberlain and Pop are, are at a Raps game together. He's At that point, he's like, well, I'm probably not, since they're at a rap game chumming it up, it's... Uh, it's not looking as likely. What do you, what's your what's your take on that? 
Well, I, I, th I think if you were going to be that public as a general manager and get caught hanging out with a prospective right. candidate like that, um, it sure feels like, hey, you know what? Uh, he's there. Uh, he's probably going that <laughs> um, direction. So you know what? I'm gonna just take. I'm gonna slide out the back door and take my name out yeah. this thing. Yeah, you're gonna what? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go on a date with him? What in publicly? <laughs> Fine, I'm not going with you anymore to the dance. Uh, I think it, it might be one of those, Jez. Uh, but listen, I, to be fair, obviously to the, success. The that's it, a championship. Sorry. That's a champion. That's a champion coach and and a, a champion as a defensive coordinator and a yep. champion head coach here. Yeah, and it also you know what? it fits it fits for Corey more than it would for Lapo, in the sense of why. Because of the staff, a lot of the staff, at least well, on both sides, but Corey had a, a part of the, the staff members defensively, Archer and, and uh, Brackenridge, were, who are on the defensive staff now and with the new salary management system, might still have, may be keeping these guys. Um, those were Corey's guys. So he comes back into a spot where some of the staff he's familiar with, where Lapo, if he, some of those guys are under contract. I don't know which one's still under contract, but if they're under contract still, uh, the conversation, I think TSN's Dave Naylor was the one that reported this, where, you know, Dave's comments, Dave had said that because of having them having to keep some of the staff, that Lapo, Lapo come in would have to keep some of the staff that weren't his and not be able to bring in his own staff, which makes it difficult and also not, you know, it's not as... as pleasant of a job or as appealing of an opportunity if you don't even get to choose your own staff you have to take leftovers from Mark Trestman's staff which was also Corey Chamberlain's staff so it, it fits in that end in that from that uh, side of things as well well, I, 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 the fact that the familiarity from a personnel standpoint, Jim obviously had success with Corey. I feel like it makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. What I do find interesting, though, Chez, is here's Corey Chamberlain, uh, who, I mean, just based on sheer optics here, uh, looks like he's going to be the next head coach in Toronto. Uh, you got Orlando Steinauer, defensive guy, named head coach in, uh, in Hamilton, and here we are, the rumblings out of, you know, BC, out of Vancouver right now, is that, you know, some are, some are reporting that early word is that the leading candidate there is your former teammate, Von Claybrooks, uh, defensive coordinator with the Calgary Stampeders, the Grey Cup champion Calgary Stampeders, who had a ferocious defensive group uh, this past year. It seems to be the... Uh, one of the front runners to land with the Lions. Um, why the sudden trend to go defense here at a time where we seem to be talking so much about innovation with offense? I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's uh, necessarily defense. Also, you hear Noel Thorpe's name on the top of some of those lists as well, or as a candidate. But then Elizondo and Lapo as well. But to, so to go back to your your question. Uh, your comment, at least I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's just young young guys who are have had success, and they just happen to be defensive guys. I don't know if it's a trend. I think front office are more likely to go in into if you have a young offensive mind guy who's a leader and has the respect in the room. I think they still would probably skew towards that ahead of defense, just because I think it's sexier from a marketing uh, your team standpoint. But uh, with these guys, I think it just, hap just happens to be that these are some of the young, uh, respected guys right now who have had success in, 
from a coordinator standpoint. They happen to be defensive guys. Well, I mean, so this there's no trend here where the you know uh, CFL on TSN panel finally brings in a defensive guy, and now all of a sudden there's this trend of hiring defensive coaches again. It just, it just makes sense. You, you've seen you've seen what it's done. You've seen the added, seen what it what it brings to the table. It's, yeah. it's it is what Dunnigan you're no had a dummy. More bounce in his step this year. Milt seemed to have a little more bite. You know, yeah. H- Hank wasn't smiling as much. Yeah, yeah. Or you're right. You uh, know, was... I don't know. I don't know about any. Of, I don't know about any of that, Seymour. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think really it is. It is due to the fact that it's just coincidence that these young young guys are have had success. They just happen to be defensive guys and. And as you, as you know, defense is, uh, is is how you win in in this league. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so we'll wait and see where this all falls. And uh, yeah, I mean, with the Lions, uh, what it, I mean, there's so much flux. Not only with their obviously they need to find a replacement for Wally Buono. By the way, shout out to uh, Wally who uh, on Tuesday it was uh, Wally Buono Day for the city of Vancouver as they declared Tuesday uh, Wally Buono Day. I would I think it would have been wiser for the city to maybe do it before he finished playing or coaching his final game but nevertheless I, I guess better late than never I suppose for the city of Vancouver to recognize uh one of the great treasures of the Canadian Football League uh, the Godfather Wally Buono. Um but you know they got to also figure out from a quarterback standpoint and I know this is going to be these this is probably to me Maybe I, I think even bigger than the Bo Levi going south of the border, but Mike Riley's future as a free agent, because it it sure seems like Mike Riley, you know, is going to stay in the CFL. The question is where, and that could be the biggest free agent uh, offseason signing, dare I say, in years. Um, I agree. You know, with you. does he it does is, he stay in, in Edmonton? Years. Yeah, like I'm trying to think of something as significant an offseason signing. If Mike Riley were to leave Edmonton, um, I mean the fact that I mean even for Edmonton to hang on to him, I think that would be a, such a win for the franchise there. And you know, there's so many people trying to connect the dots to uh, with him possibly going to the Lions. Obviously, the familiarity with Ed Hervey, uh, the fact that he's got he lives in Seattle in the offseason. The family's close there. He just had his second child, so the proximity where he could commute. Travis Lule has certainly seen the benefits of, you know, and and the, the familiarity with those two guys where, you know, could Travis step into the backup role and, and still kind of ride on. So, I mean, that we, we continue to wait and see how this is going to play out over the next few months. But, you know, this isn't going to go away any time for the next few months unless Good. Riley signs with Edmonton Good. here sooner rather than later. Good. I got I got private eyes following following uh, Mike Riley around the Pacific <laughs> Northwest in his in his off season here to see if he's uh, moving towards White Rock, Surrey area. If if any of my my PIs out there uh, uh, let me know, I will be the first one to report that uh, he's been floating floating around looking at real estate in the White Rock, Peace Arch, uh, uh, you know, Point Roberts, Blaine, Point Roberts Blaine area. Washington, Blaine Washington yeah, area, oh. exactly. Yeah. No, it's and and that's and and Ches boy, you know, obviously he means so much to the Edmonton franchise. Let me ask you but a question for for a, for an for an organization that needs a jolt of energy to kind of sell tickets. Mike Riley feels about as close to a guy who you could really re-energize what has been an eroding fan base the last few years here on the West Coast. I mean, Ches, you kind of caught the last end of the of the kind of the glory time with the Lions. 
uh, where that you were looking at crowds of thirty thousand. But let yeah. me ask you a question, Seaball. You have you have kids. Mm-hmm. The number one, if everything is equal, we've said this over and we've said this a few times now, and you, you want to stick. I can say this: one thing I regret. First of all, one thing I regret. Uh, probably the biggest thing I regret about my career in the CFL is playing on four different teams when uh, if I would have had the opportunity to stay in Montreal the whole time, uh, or I, not, I shouldn't say I had the opportunity, I did have the opportunity. If, if I would have chosen, if I could look back, I wish I would have stayed uh, with the same team the whole time. I think guys who are able to do that, I, I think is, uh, and I, anytime I talk to guys and they ask for my advice in free agency or veteran guys, I always tell them, hey, if you can stay with that same team as long as you can and and build that, and because that's what—that's how guys are remembered, you know. When you move around different teams, it gets—it gets kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. And I think that's—it's special when you can do that. So for that reason, Mike Riley—it's I mean, he did play in BC, but not—you know—he's known as an Eskimo. Uh, if he's able to finish his career there, I think his legacy and, and all that would be that much greater when he does uh, eventually retire and he could win some more championships. That's the one you side of. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. So you're saying that uh, Kevin That's the Glenn, one by side playing on pretty much every team in the league, has lessened his like. <laughs> he, I mean, he's, he's appreciated Evans. across the country. He's just waiting for the Atlantic Schooners to show up here, and he'll hit them too, won't he? You know what? Yeah, you know what's appreciated on KG side, his his financial advisor. How about that? Uh, <laughs> so, but for Touché. that yeah. that being said, that being said for Riley. What, you know, you look at when you look at family. It's really hard for me to, uh, as I have a, a daughter now, uh, I've, I've lost my mother, um, so not having them around, not having my parents around, and then having and then uh, looking at my in-laws. And when you have young kids and your their grandparents can be close by, your in-laws can be close by. Your parents can be close by to where you live and where you work. I just, at 30, whatever, how old Mike is, early 30s, and able to still play for a few more years, I just can't, I just find it really, really, there's a huge advantage for the BC Lions in negotiating and getting Mike Riley just for those reasons. It, it's The money's not going to be that much difference. The ability to win would simply be, on Mike Riley, I look at both those teams, and I could say if Mike Riley's on either one of those teams, they're going to be a favorite in the in the West, you know, over over the other team. Uh, so that's not a big difference. And then you just look at you know the quality of life. I think in BC, just because of the beach and it's one of the best places to live in the world, and that's not you can't argue that that's an advantage. But to be in Edmonton, a place you're familiar with, a great a better a better fan base, and, uh, and and also what you've already built there. That's, that's for the Edmonton Eskimo side. So you take those two things, kind of wash them, and then it goes back to the family. It's really, uh, I really, you know, every time I talk about this, I go back to that same thing. I just don't, I cannot see how uh, he would stay in Edmonton with, the, with that opportunity for his family and to live in that city with ev- everything that's there. I just, I'm, I would put a lot, of, I will put a lot of money on, on him signing with the BC Lions. Yeah, I, Mike Mike Riley from three years ago probably doesn't. Uh, it probably stays in Edmonton. Makes the most sense. But yeah, when you talk about all the different fa- varying factors, right? From a family standpoint, lifestyle, 
Um, I get it. I, I get it. And I, I know he loves so Edmonton, and you got and you yeah. and you love and and I and, and I just I've just finished saying that if you can stay at one place your whole career, it's it's it, I think it's better to do that as a player for your legacy. But you know, I, my family's more important than my legacy, and and it's if I could spend the next five years being with my family every night for dinner if I wanted to be, and have my kids see their grandparents that's tough to, it's tough not to do and i know the fans the fans are going to have a a backlash uh, listening to me say this and and especially eskimo fans but it's just it's just i'm just giving the the opinion i think of most most guys it's not even about football it's just about um life and and and, and as you make this decision it's really really it just gives a huge advantage to to the bc lions doesn't mean he'll sign there but i i just the, the advantage i think is uh is is a is a big one. Yeah, and that's an off-season signing. Uh, I mean, but that's just a story that we're going to continue to follow here over the next few days, the next few weeks, and even the next few months until Riley puts pen to paper. Uh, that to me is the story of the off-season here for the Canadian Football League. Because, as you said, Chess, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Bo Levi is going south of the border. Um, but Riley, where does he go? What's to say that Mike Riley doesn't wind up in Calgary? Imagine that, huh? That's not happened. No. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Um, hey, a story that I, I do want to touch on, and it's uh, kind of the greasy side of the sport. Um, but you know what? I mean, we, we've talked about other athletes uh, that have been in trouble before and, and guys that, you know, you've played with and, uh, and guys we've spoken to on this show. But uh, really, really disappointed the fact that here we are in December 2018 talking about one of the faces, one of the stars of the CFL, um, Greg Ellingson, who has been charged by uh, police in Ottawa for failing to provide a breath sample in a roadside screening. So he goes through a ride check uh, last week, and um, you know what? And he failed to uh, he failed to perform a, a breathalyzer. So, I mean, cops pretty much look at that as a DUI, and it's just, Really? Really? At two, th- I mean, at two thirty in the morning, and you're gonna say no to providing a breathalyzer to cops? Um, I mean, we're all innocent until proven guilty, uh, but in this case, it sure feels like you're guilty until you prove yourself innocent. In this one, Uber is a, Uber is a wonderful thing, or or taxis, or taxis, or or friends, or rides. That it just it's uh it's uh, tough because I've only heard uh, you know, only had good. Feedback when hearing about Greg Ellenson and him in the community and, and that, and it's obviously a mistake. I'm sure he regrets and uh, and, and nothing that that uh, anyone condones because we know what uh, what uh, the ramifications of of drinking and driving or impaired driving, if in fact that's uh, what he's guilty of. But uh, you just hope guys, you know, use their better judgment, and that's uh, kind of a message to the young guys and, and even for all of us as we get to the holiday season here to keep in mind uh, you know the importance of just being smart, making a plan, and and then uh, and you know, like we said, because we know the deadly ramifications of of, uh, of of drinking or impaired driving, and and hopefully, hopefully, we all can uh, keep that in mind, remind each other, help each other, and uh, if if that's uh, in fact what happened to Greg, it's a lesson that I'm sure he, he'll learn from, and uh, yeah, nothing we want to hear about, that's for sure. Chez, it's 2018. It's not 1968. Not that it was okay in 1968 either, but 
you know, with the awareness that's out there. And like you said, especially in cities that have ride hailing services like Uber or Lyft or even the old school taxi cab, if you will, or or get a buddy, whatever the case, uh, you're better than that. And uh, you know what? It looks uh, reflects poorly on the community, uh, the organization and the league for that matter. So uh, I simply say be better be better um on that note uh here we go uh week one of the off season that we kind of really uh, have a chance to t- dive in buddy enjoy the rest of your holidays thanks for uh, doing work and i think everybody else appreciates you doing work and nice school look at you working for scoops too while yeah you're on vacation digging yeah. up all this Bo levi stuff thanks buddy there's another yeah. we'll talk next week uh i have some we'll get some we have some interviews some really cool uh, guys get a chance to sit down and talk to here in the off season also uh, some other guys who have workouts that uh, I'll talk a little bit more about next week. Other other CFL guys who uh, who will have NFL workouts. Hint, hint. Uh, one of them is uh, fairly fairly familiar with Greg Ellenson, who we just spoke of. But uh, uh, hint, hint. Nod, nod. Wink, wink. He might he might play the same position. But uh, we'll talk about that uh, next week and where he uh, where he is this week and what he's doing. That that guy too. So. Stay tuned. He is quickly becoming a master of the T's in this business, my friends. That's Davis Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski. We'll talk to you next week right here on your favorite CFL podcast. What's it called, Chezzy? Wicka, 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 wicka. <laughs> the Wagon.